Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Good morning. Welcome to At Home with Roby. I'm Patrick McIsaac from Roby Commercial Services. I'm a Trent Hayson from the Roby family of companies. We are your hosts here every morning on Sundays at 9, every Sunday morning at 9, I should say. Trent, I got a feeling it's going to be a good day to have a good day. We're going to have a good show. What you think? Going to be a good day to have a good day? Yeah. Is that a song? It should be if it's not. I think it's part of a song that, yeah, talks about an AK during the song. Today was a good day. Oh, Ice Cube? Maybe we'll get some more. Maybe wow. we'll get some more hip hop references throughout the show. What I you think? Did. You know, I mean, Dr. Dre and Snoop and them boys on the halftime show really, not that my kids didn't hear some of that anyway, but they're, they're, <laughs> yeah. oh, they're all into it. The, oh, the yeah. problem is, yeah. the problem is, it's what hip hop is and was in that period. I mean, there's a lot of cussing, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of trash talk, which. Which is part of what they're selling as, I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, 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 it kind of goes in one ear and out the other. The problem is you start repeating it or, you know, you start thinking. So, I, I mean, I was listening to a, to a Dre song the other, yesterday with my kids and I was like, man, this is like the, about the fourth cuss word. I was like, buddy, we got to turn it with Ford. <laughs> I was like, we got to turn it. There's a lot of cusses. I don't, I don't need to practice that. I'm trying to do the opposite direction. I understand. And, and go with stuff that doesn't have cussing. Not that not that it's the end of the world. I think life involves a curse word every I, now and then. I, I agree with you. I kind, I kind of like it when I see someone that speaks and talks. And I know you're not supposed to throw profanity around. But it does it does, it does does lend yourself to that. You know they're raw and you know they're passionate. My problem is... I don't want it, someone that doesn't know me right. or doesn't know my faith or whatever. Right. I don't want them to get the wrong impression about our business, about something, because I throw a curse, throw a curse word out. I think that's But fine. I did grow up between Fred and Leroy, and every other word out of Fred's mouth was a curse <laughs> word. And my dad put me in that dump truck, and Fred was like a father figure. And my dad's gift was he didn't, he just didn't curse much. And, you know, I'm, and, and he, I could see him wincing like I'm shooting at him. He's like, oh, ugh. He's like, come on, man, can you just stop? I mean, we were partners. I mean, it wasn't like Tone he was down. He was not in dad role. I mean, he was in dad role. You're always in dad role when, with your children. But but it, and I was like, dude, you train somebody? Come on! I mean, and then I work in this industry, uh, and then and then I had a buddy tell me I was like, man, I really need to. I really need to. This is twenty years ago. I really need to work on my cursing. And he's like, well, don't go overboard. Now it makes you who you are, and, and it's how you how you roll in your leadership style and your business. So uh, yeah. <laughs> Topic of discussion, I'm sure Justin McLean, our, our guest, wanted to have on, at the beginning of oh, his yeah. show. <laughs> 
So I'm excited to learn about Justin yeah. McLean. I, mean, I don't I, think you've never met Justin. I have not. He has not been up uh, and visited us in Charlotte. We talked about that the last time we hung out, which was uh, on a big three trip in Jackson Hole. And uh, we, yeah, yeah. We, we had some good conversations, and, and he said he wanted to come to Charlotte. So I've been LinkedIn stalking him, so I'm, I'm excited to hear what he's got to say. Dort, Dort Mall. Yeah, I mean, I'll mess up anything. We'll do it. We'll do it. I'm sure I we'll hope, mess up I again. hope he is okay with how I just said that, and uh, he can make excuses for me to his network. What, well, what do you think? I, I think it's all right. We uh, I do want to talk about uh, my high school football coach was one of the best leaders that, that I that I've been around, and and he he used to always joke around. He's like I was uh, very religious. I think he could be religious and cuss at the same time. And he said the reason why he didn't ever become a preacher is because he liked to cuss too much. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you're a pastor, you shouldn't cuss. a Christian pastor. You might not need a high school football coach. Out. Maybe you yeah. could get away with a couple when you, you know, when you need somebody to do something on the fly. You don't need to wait around. You can do it right now. Um, I had maybe. I had some cussing coaches in high school, yeah, public school. Right? They lasted during my tenure. But you don't. Have I don't to know do today if you could survive that. I think things I are know. a lot different than they were 22 you years do. ago. Um, I, you were in high school 22, 22 years ago. You're a baby. I t- yeah, man, I'm 40. Good grief. You need a passy? I know. I'm feeling old. I'm limping around like I'm like I'm getting old. Man, we dropped my daughter off at Carowinds yesterday, and Knox, Knox just turned two. Knox is in his car saying, he yeah. goes, what a slide. I'm like, how in the heck does a kid know water slide? It's cartoons. It's cartoons. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, that guy's a genius. She's like, it's blippy. That's what Reagan said. Caillou hit, the, Caillou like, uh, hit the water slide. Reagan's like, I don't think that qualifies your your boy as a genius. That makes you a dummy. Whatever, Reagan. She said, you not, when you sit on the couch, do you not pay attention to what y'all are watching? No. No. <laughs> yeah, it was the same way in our house. But I was out of town for a couple of days, and I came back, and I hadn't been putting into bed much, uh, just because I mean Reagan's got so good at it and everything, and so efficient. And uh, he gave me a cold shoulder for a little bit. So I, we got home. We got home from church yesterday. Me and me and little dude went walking, hanging out. I said, oh. this morning he was like, "Daddy," I was yeah, like, "Got him back, back in the game." So uh, anyway. Hey, we hope you're smiling and, and, and laughing this morning and you're ready to learn something. I mean, this guy is smart. He's awesome. He's wholesome. Justin McClain, when we return, you're listening to At Home with Roby. Welcome back to At Home with Roby. I'm Patrick McIsaac from Roby Commercial Services. I'm with Trent Hayson from the Roby family of companies. We are your host. If you missed the first segment, Full of laughs, as usual. We always have a good time on the first segment, but we have an even better time, Trent, when we get the guests on the line here on second and third. That is it. We got uh, Justin McLean on the phone. Hey, Justin, how you doing, buddy? Hey, good morning. Nice to have you in Charlotte. Dewart Mull. I got it right. Justin McLean from Dewart Mull. Capital yep, Partners. Yeah. I know I I know I hacked that up on the first segment. My <laughs> accent. I got an excuse. I mean, look at me. <laughs> you got the West Sider syndrome. I hear you. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's the, it's the river has a little current, you know. <laughs> so uh, yeah, well, I, go ahead, Trent. I'm sorry. No, how you doing today, Justin? No, it's great. It's great to be on the on the line with you guys. I want to give Justin a compliment. Uh, his assistant is so professional. 
Justin, we, we do this weekly, you know, so that's 52 times a year. And and I, I, I'll like somebody or Patrick will like somebody, and we're like, oh, man, this is a great story. We need to share this story with the audience. And then, yeah. you know, it's kind of like – I'm so – everybody's so busy. But you, you delegated. She's on point. Way to man, way to run your business. It's impressive. Well, I mean, Jennifer kind of runs everything. She's a uh, chief of staff, and she's been with me for 16 years. And I guess next week she's taking a month off. Um, like everybody else, probably a little tired from COVID and needs some personal time. So I, uh, I don't know how I'm going to survive the month, but uh, but she is great and keeps it all organized here. Wow. So so Jennifer is who Christian's been back and forth with. Uh, She's been with you 16 years, man. Patrick, yep. I thought you had the longevity. Yeah, you? no, no, that's uh, that's impressive. Um, and everybody knows that's that. As you mentioned, Justin, I, I feel for you if she's going to be gone for a month. I mean, it sounds like the glue that keeps things together, sort of there. Yep, no, no, absolutely. I think when I uh, when I was an operating CEO and and our when we sold the company, I was only allowed to take one employee with me, and that was Jennifer JB. And uh, and she's been with me for a long time and knows where everything is and how to do it all. So when you sold the company, you had a deal. I mean, it's all a negotiation, right? You had a deal where you could bring her with you. Yep. That was the only employee uh, from that company that I was allowed to take. Wow. And so can you talk a little bit about that company? Sure. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. So um, I had had a software development company called SSI. And you know this is right around the dot com boom, and sold the the assets, the intellectual property of of SSI around two thousand and three or so, and we had this niche professional services practice that installed all the stuff that you know SSI made and produced for its customers, and it was small; it was only like five people, but we weren't getting the same valuation, and uh, we divested that uh, as Endeavor. Uh, grew that organically, uh, made one acquisition um, in 2007, uh, recapped it with a private equity group in 2010, uh, and then grew by acquisition, you know, all the way through 2017. And uh, ultimately, that company was exited as one path in, uh, in October of 2017. Wow. Man, that's a journey. That. And you bought that company originally to start at the first rendition of SSI, what, in 2000? Right. Yeah, uh, yeah, great memory. So uh, SSI started, I guess it was in 1999, 2000, and then we sold that in 2002. But we divested the, the installation group, the professional services, out of that as Endeavor. And, um, and you know, like I said, recapped it in 10, uh, and then I moved into the chairman role in 2014 and brought in another YPO guy, uh, Ben Balsley, who's definitely the best CEO that company's ever had. Uh, we rebranded through a merger with OnePath and, uh, and exit that in 2017 to a private equity group down in Atlanta. Wow. Well, so I see where you went to college at Charleston. Um, did you did you do this? I mean, did you start with SSI basically right out of school, or did you have any time in between in between uh, college at Charleston and and uh, SSI? Yep. So I uh, I started it right out of school uh, with another guy that was a guy named Paul Calendar that was a classmate in Charleston, and uh, I went to work for a Japanese commodities company, and Paul ran the company um, for that first year. And then I guess it was in '99, I, uh, I I bought Paul's half out, 
and and took over running the company. And running's pretty liberal. I made a lot of mistakes. So I, I you know, nearly ran it in the ground a few times before I figured <laughs> out what I was doing. Yeah, I've yeah. ran I've ran <laughs> some companies in the ground. Let's yeah. just. <laughs> <laughs> the first honest guest on the At Home with Roby I show. Mean, right. <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, exactly. I'm joking. So when did you graduate Charleston? Yeah, in 98. So it was kind of a weird thing. I, I've only worked for someone for one year uh, of my life, and that was from 98 to 99. And I started college at Charleston real young. And um, in fact, it was, the campus was adjacent to a high school, and campus police would stop me and tell me I was on the wrong campus the whole time. I, I think I started shaving my senior year in Charleston. <laughs> and uh, the, the uh, so I graduated. I couldn't even legally drink alcohol when I graduated Charleston. No way. So wh- how old were you when you started? Like fifteen? Uh, Sixteen. Sixteen, and you were away from home. I mean, full blown, immersed into into the college scene. Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, you know, it, I was a bit of a nerd. So uh, first two years, I made really good grades, and the last year, I got an education. <laughs> so, so, so I think I know this already. You're from Chesterfield, South Carolina, so you moved from there when you were 16 and lived on campus. Uh, yeah, well, I lived off campus in an apartment. Dang. By yourself, though. I mean, at 16 years old. Yeah, I think at 17 through the summer or something like that, but yeah, it was still pretty young. Man, we've had a bunch of YPO folks on this show. That's I've the never first. heard of that's the first. That is crazy. And I did not know that about you. Trent, wow. We, we know that our intelligence is probably far less than most, but I'm not that smart. But I do think that you have to be pretty smart to be able to go from uh, high school to college at age 16. They, mm. didn't, they didn't offer me that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that path. I was trying to get a couple extra years. <laughs> yeah, I was trying lucky. to be drinking by the time I went to college. You got that days and confused thing working. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. <laughs> He keeps getting older, but that, that's that's remarkable that you were able to do that. I mean, I just you know the difference between a a sixteen year old person and an eighteen year old person is is night and day. So, I mean, you had to be pretty mature to be able to handle that. Uh, and obviously, your your parents at the time must have had a lot of faith that you would you would do what you were supposed to do. I'm, I mean, I know some sixteen year olds that even with both parents at home uh, are 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 nowhere near motivated enough to do anything, especially go live by themselves. That, that had to be a little bit scary too. Uh, no. I was probably too stupid to know yeah. how scary it should be, and I Got definitely it. wasn't very mature. I, uh, um, you know, I had a hair, hair down around my shoulders and pushed a skateboard everywhere I went. And I think my parents just rationalized that, you know, if I didn't do something that was a little more challenging, I was it was going to be a problem. So I wasn't so much moving to a great opportunity, but just sort of, uh, you know, making sure I didn't get too bored. Uh, in high school and, and become a behavioral issue. So what drove, why, why College of Charleston and what did you study? Yeah, so I, uh, I have a degree in biology. Wow. Uh, actually. <laughs> and, um, you Didn't know, guess that one. <laughs> yeah, Chesterfield, South Carolina, there's two good jobs. You can either be a doctor or a lawyer, and that's pretty much your universe of available options. And uh, I really wasn't very interested in being a lawyer, so that left medicine. And, um, hmm. you know, I was, you know, I, I always kind of fancied myself smart and maybe a little bit lazy, but definitely thought I was a lot smarter than everybody else. And, uh, you know, I was, you know, in love with Charleston, had family there, and that was the only place I wanted to attend and the only place I wanted to live. And uh, I was walking down King Street, if you've ever been to Charleston. You know, that's kind of the one of the main streets there. And um, it was a summer starting, and there was a, an Indian girl, uh, and, uh, you know, 
she was in the same biology class as I was in, and I'd never really met an Indian person living in Chesterfield, South Carolina. And, and she introduced me to a friend of hers, which was this tall, lanky, white kid named Peter, and uh, he was from Hong Kong. And you ever meet a uh, <laughs> a tall British guy that sounds like he has a Asian accent? It's kind of a weird thing, and I didn't even think I could find Hong Kong on the map. So I uh, I realized just how ignorant I was about the world and uh, started doubled down on Asian languages and uh, took Mandarin Chinese and Japanese and um, and then ultimately added business because I just realized there was a lot more available than being a doctor in Chesterfield, South Carolina. Man, how many languages do you speak? Barely English. The rest are just cheap parlor tricks at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but but Asian was your focus on the language Man- side? Mandarin, sounds like, yeah. Yeah, Mandarin and, and Japanese, and that was actually how I got my first job. I was, um, you know, I was 19, 20 and graduating, and, you know, no American employer wanted to hire me. I couldn't rent a car, and there was a Japanese company that was looking for, you know, American employees that could speak Japanese and Chinese, and you know, I think there was a population of one that might have fit the bill at that time, and um, wow. and that's how I got my first job. Man, that is so awesome. Uh, we we got to go cut the commercials. Will you stick around for another segment? I want to get into your business philosophies and and other than SSI and what you've already told us. What what Dortmund uh, does and focuses on? Can can you hang tight? Yeah, absolutely. Love to. Oh, Justin McLean, man, he's breaking uh, guest records here. Uh, College of Charleston at 16 when we return. You're listening to At Home with Rosie. Welcome back to At Home with Roby. I'm Patrick McIsaac from Roby Commercial Services, along with Trent Hayson from the Roby family of companies. We are your hosts. If you have missed the last two segments, uh, go back. You can podcast us. You can find us anywhere where podcasts are found. Just type in At Home with Roby, not Ryobi, Roby, R-O-B-Y, and you can find us. Um, Trent, we, ha- we have broken a record for guests on the At Home with Roby show. Youngest college. Youngest person to ever graduate college has been on this show and that is now you uh justin mcclain that is pretty cool um the last segment was awesome if you if you if you really honestly go back and listen to it what a remarkable story trent and something i tell my kids your ryobi joke was so corny del monte would not can it everybody everybody take that but um my kids get it if you don't get it Yeah, Scarlett was showing me some meme about corn the other day. I'm like, oh. kids. Uh, you can only say that if you if you married into a corn uh, growing family. We, I mean, I, we're, we're everything Midwest corn. That's it. Uh, well, Justin, we, we, let's fast forward a little bit to, to what you're doing now. Uh, we did go through a, a brief history of of your entrepreneurial career uh, as well as is your scholastic career at College of Charleston, and, and now you're at uh, at Dewart Mall, um, and you are are uh, tell us a little bit about that. Before I make an assumption, yeah, no, absolutely. So it's um, you know the the general idea and thesis behind Dewart Mall is if um, if we can meet business owners and founders um, that are you know honest and passionate about their business and their business has something truly unique and valuable and equip them with capital and access to information and connections to other people that can help them out, we can make it a lot more valuable. So we specifically look for companies that are below $10 million in in earnings and profits uh, and then help them grow up over about five years uh, and then hopefully help them exit to another private equity firm. 
So we're specifically looking at founder and family-owned businesses. Uh, definitely no more than $10 million in EBITDA. Um, three to probably eight is the ideal range. And we look to either buy them or buy a minority interest in them, uh, work with the founders and the family to grow them up and then have a big exit in five years. I love that philosophy. You want to, you, you, you look at the, the leader, the person that's ingrained, it's their life. They're the asset in addition to the business that's making money, but uh, they're the asset, and you want to help polish that diamond and show them, uh, open their eyes to the world through your through your relationships, your experience, your skill set over there uh, at Dort Mall. Uh, when did you found this business? It was it was founded in 2011 while I was still at at in one path. Oh, really? But, uh, it became my full time focus in 2014. Got it. Hmm. So, what businesses? I was going to ask the same thing. What industries? Areas do you focus? Sure. So we're. Um, it's more the the operation operating characteristics of the business. So our investment policy statement limits us to North America, so specifically U.S. and Canada. Um, and we look at business services, technology services, uh, residential home services, some consumer packaged goods, a uh, little bit of healthcare and value-added distributions. But what we're really looking for are businesses that, that have some degree of, doesn't have to be subscribed revenue, but recurring revenue that sells through the channel. So, you know, if they create a customer relationship, um, that relationship pays you know, compounding over multiple years versus, you know, a, a big ticket uh, item that you have to anniversary that customer relationship over and over. And we try to avoid businesses that are intensive in property plant equipment. We won't use the funds to, to scale sales and marketing and operations to make the business bigger. So you, you obviously you, you hit on one that, that caught my attention. I raised my eyebrows to Trent, and he nodded his head as he already knew that. But uh, specifically home services, because that's that's a very big portion of our our portfolio of companies here in Charlotte is the home service with mechanical, electrical, plumbing. Um, it's just amazing to me. It, 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 it's like overnight, and maybe it hasn't been overnight, but over the last three or four years, the amount of private equity that has gotten into this industry is just astounding. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a lot of reasons for that, in my opinion. I mean, some of it is is you take businesses like Roby and and uh, you know Trent, you know, takes sort of an all shucks approach to things, but but he's an awesome operator, and you know, for the first time in probably you know 25 years a generation, you've got very sophisticated management starting to operate these companies, uh, and they're growing to scale. It's not a cottage industry where it's just the you know, the local Fort Mill, South Carolina kind of company or the local Charlotte company, and, and they're creating real scale. And then also there's just a ton of money in private equity uh, right now that are, that are chasing deals. And, I mean, home services, that's a hard business, especially if you're going direct <laughs> to, the, um, to the consumer versus commercial. And, uh, and the supply of dollars and the sophistication and management that's available are making those more attractive investments. Well, I, go ahead. I think that technology that's in the last 20 say. years – has allowed mom and pop businesses to scale and become more efficient and provide better value to to uh, to the end to the purchaser, well, to no. the customer. I mean, it, it's I just got back from a Service Titan conference uh, in Los Angeles, and I was telling Trent, um, I went you know three or four years ago, and I didn't really see any private equity folks. I'm sure there were some there, but uh, this this year I'd say it was I don't know twenty twenty five percent of the people that were attending this conference were either private equity or backed by private equity. And, and Trent's right, the technology has really allowed us to to become 
to, to grow outside the boundaries very quickly uh, to where we couldn't do that in the past. And, and typically, you know, contractors, construction folks are last to the table when it comes to technology. And so uh, is that kind of the, some of the stuff you're seeing as well? Yeah, I think it, it might be a chicken or an egg or a horse and cart kind of <laughs> analogy, but, you know, we look for technology-enabled businesses, uh, not necessarily tech companies, you know, for the sake of being tech companies. But I think technology is a tool. It's a capital investment that, that leaders make in their business so that they can have better connectivity with the information in their business or with their customers. And I still think it fundamentally comes down to leadership and vision. So, you know, Trent's talking about all the things that, that's going on at Roby, but the, at the end of the day, there's a CEO or a founder that says, I can do this better, and technology is a tool to do it. So I think it's, it's still better leadership, um, and technology is just another tool in the toolbox for them. Yeah, it's uh, a good completely, completely yeah. agree with that philosophy. Uh, so, you, I, I know this because because I have access to stuff. You 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 you're pri- won some entrepreneur awards before. I think you won business person of the year at College of Charleston. Am I on to something here, buddy? Yeah, I think that was uh, when I was back at One Path, and we had a PR department that was pumping. <laughs> that was when he had, still had a skateboard. Right. <laughs> yeah, so it was. Um, anyway, I think what what we're most excited about are the tombstones for when we help a founder sell a company for a lot, and it's it create I mean creates a generational wealth event for them, and and those are the trophies that are in in my bookshelf that I'm most proud of. No, that was a tee up for you to say that. <laughs> he, 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 good he, way to answer. So graceful and eloquent at the same time by by deflecting. That so, was pretty so good. So Justin and I uh, originally met. I guess it was about nine years ago. I think it was his first big big three meeting uh, in Washington D.C. and and we've been friends. I mean, you're you're just so warm, and, and it's always fun to talk to you. I mean, man, studying your business and what we've talked about today is awesome. Why don't you throw a couple nuggets of what you believe, what's your philosophy for for Justin and for your business and the businesses that you like to make those tombstones out of gold for those founders? Yeah, well, I think that it's uh – um, and, and the feeling's more than mutual, uh, Trent. I mean, it's uh, you can, yeah. I mean, be on a ski lift with anybody or have a, a, a beer with them at a bar. But you know, you're um, the, the, when anybody meets you, they immediately know that you're authentic and you're you're honest. You are who you are. You don't put on airs, and and that fundamentally just comes down to trust. And um, and and it's really easy to like somebody and hit it off if. If you trust them, and 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 one of the best ways to, uh, to to gain trust with somebody is if they make themselves vulnerable and they tell tell you about whether they're having issues and problems uh, in their personal life or their business or whatever, and it just opens the dialogue. So that's mm. that's probably the first thing we really look at, which is, you know, we're we're getting ready to to write these people a check bigger than they've ever seen before. They're not going to have capital constraints. Um, can we trust them to continue running the business? And it, you know, how much information do they share with us up front? Do they tell us sort of the warts and problems in the business, or do they try to hide them and leave those for us to discover? And uh, so, first and foremost, is just trust. You know, our, our average, you know, we're in a business for five to eight years before we help, you know, exit it. And and you know, I want to if I'm spending five to eight years of my life with somebody, I want to make sure it's somebody I enjoy spending my time with. Uh, and that has to be somebody that, that's that's honest and trustworthy. Beyond that, they they have to be passionate about their business. Mm. You know, running a business isn't isn't easy. 
uh, and there's lots of scary times and hard times, and somebody has to have that authentic passion for their business, and, and they have to be serious about it and disciplined. And, and if we can get through those parts with leadership and, and understand sort of, you know, where they know their strengths are and where, they're, um, where they could use some help, uh, the rest of it's just sort of looking at the business and the, the market, and you know, is it a is it a big open market, and the company is, you know, uh, 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 a small but growing player, and you know, we don't we look for industries where the 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 leader in the industry doesn't have more than eight percent market share, um, and you know, not only do we need to make sure the business can operate and perform for five to eight years, but at the end of that time, that there's a lot of value and uh, for the people that are going to buy the business from us. Uh, to where they can ride it for five to eight years and feel like they can sell it to somebody. So it's that durable sort of creation of value with a business partner that that we can trust and we just enjoy being with. I love it. Trust and passion, man. That you, that you dropped like five nuggets in that in that one and a half minutes. Justin, it's so awesome to have you on the show. Please let people know how they can look up your firm and check you out. And uh, and Godspeed to you, my brother. Yeah, no, absolutely. Trent, um, thanks a lot, and uh, always a pleasure talking to you. Good meeting you, Patrick. And Yes, sir, you know, likewise. You, um, you know, duartmull.com, D-U-A-R-T-M-U-L-L.com is our website, and if you're a business founder or know someone that is that, you know, wants to exit the company eventually, we'd love to talk to you and maybe invest with you. That's awesome. Well, well thanks for being here. You and I will catch up offline in the next couple of days, and uh, you're listening to At Home with Roby, Justin McLean. Great. Thanks very much, Trent Patrick. Welcome back to Dead Home with Roby. I'm Patrick McIsaac from Roby Commercial Services. I'm with Trent Hasten from the Roby family of companies. We will be your DJs for the remaining five minutes of this show. Whoa, we got I'm, some good tunes I going. I TJ, TJ's about to get pushed out. TJ better watch Old himself. Oh, George up in here engineering. He's like... Hey, I heard you guys are hipsters. <laughs> <laughs> Trent came in with his uh, skateboard and his. Uh, did you cut the man bun? Or you that was for you, that? Justin. That was for Justin. That, that, that was it. Justin's awesome. I'm telling you, Justin dude. was great. Um, if you didn't, if you didn't listen to that one, definitely go back. That First was class. Uh, that was definitely educational. I learned a lot there, uh, for sure, Trent. And he and he hails from Atlanta now. I'll make sure that got out out, out there. ATL. They like some hip hop down in the ATL. Yeah. Um, Somebody have a groove or two. I hear you. Well, trust and passion. That's it. Trust and passion. I like that. And um, he likes businesses that the biggest player in the industry at more than eight percent of the market share. Correct. Yeah, I mean it. It. it he said something too that kind of resonated with me, and it. And it, it. It's a great business lesson. I know you dropped about five nuggets, and maybe I heard something that you didn't hear, and you heard something I didn't. But he talked about people being authentic and vulnerable. And I think we talk about that a lot. And he was complimenting you because y'all hung out together, and you're very authentic and vulnerable with people. Quick, they call it a they call me a mess. Um, well, what they say they call me a hot mess. Um, so <laughs> I mean, you could translate it as authentic and vulnerable, but I'm a mess. But, I wear it on my sh- sleeve. But that's that's so important. I mean, that, that to me, that was the one that that stuck with me the most. Is people want to be so guarded and reserved. And uh, you know, I heard a guy at, at the conference I went to. And they were talking about big holistic visions, and it was Simon Sinek was talking. And this guy's vision, he said, I want to live in a world where everybody says, how are you? And they actually mean it, um, which, which I thought that was that sort of stuck with me. I kept saying that over and over in my head. Like, what, why did that, those few words 
say something. Well, I think you lose trust if you say that just because it's your standard comment and you don't listen to what the person says. Or the person's guarded and they're not able to trust you with what they're going to say because they're worried about how you're going to react. It made me feel good today. Reagan had a consultation. She busted her two front teeth up uh, in Illinois at Lake Warren when she was a kid. And she's just trying to, you know, have a long-term solution to it. So she, consultation, I don't I don't think this is a dentist. This is a cosmetic dentistry. <clears throat> uh, and she said the fellow was about our age, and she was pumped up. It was a good meeting. She said his bedside manners are great because she go, she go to this appointment. She's been to a couple of them, and, and they ha- you know, she doesn't have that good feeling. We're talking about her rest of her life in her mouth, and there's a number of options. You can do a, a more conservative option, a, a more risky option, but you could get better long-term results. Uh, I had her have to explain all that to me. I'm like, hold on, time out. What? This is like the fourth consultation she's had. But it's the first place she was pumped up. So authentically, I was excited, and I wanted to give her a little uh, a little nudge, right? I said, pick, pick her up. But she was telling me about a doctor. She said, she, I mean, like three times. She's like he was like our age. Da da da. He had great bedside She said he has eight kids, uh, and she said. I bet your wife, she asked where the kids went to school. We have five kids, so, you know, it's pretty pretty good conversation, about the same ages. And uh, he had a couple in private school and a couple in public school, which I, I think that's special. People kind of try to figure out what their kid can do, this this fellow, the daughter. And she said, I bet your wife's busy. And he said, no, I take them all to school. I love it. And she said, I, he said, I could probably work a couple extra hours in the morning and make a little more money, but but I love taking my spending time with my family and taking my kids to school. And she said, I told him, oh my God, you got to meet my husband. That's my husband. And 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 comp- I'm gonna, I'm gonna cry. But complimentary wise, really, I mean, we, we are. And, and Justin even said this: passionate, hard worker, diligent. But but understand your priorities and 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 take care of what you need to take care of. And and family and life and relationships. I mean, our business. I like also what he said. He's gonna spend five to eight years with these people. Yeah, he better daggone like their passion. Uh, and that's how I look at our business. Our business. I love what I do, and uh, I love talking to you on the phone. I mean, if 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 I didn't, then then. Probably need, probably need to go out back and take care of something. Well, we've talked about that in the past, <laughs> right? I mean, it, we, we we jokingly call it the chug test, which I stole from a book. But if you know, if you're not willing to chug a cold beverage with somebody and hang out with them, enjoy yeah. their company, then then don't work with them. Yeah. I mean, life's too short to, to work around people that you don't like. So anyway, I'm gonna give this doctor a plug next week. There you go. <laughs> so you got to listen to another show. Uh, but what a wonderful day! Yep. I thought the energy level was really high for an early week recording. I think it's the weather. Uh, we in the 80s now. I'm getting excited about that river. Reagan said we got a river day Saturday, so here we go. So by the time, hopefully, we had a good river day by the time uh, everyone hears this show. Justin McLean, uh, Dort Mall, it, what a wonderful story. Uh, have a wonderful day. Hey, treat others the way you want to be treated, man. Do the golden rule and smile. You don't have much time to smile. Keep smiling. Thanks for listening to At Home with Roby.